When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog. This is Nicole's Gazing Out of Me. She's watched the show like a lot of times. Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shonda Rhimes wrote the show and it is really, really good. Meredith Grey. Welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I'm Nicole Silverberg. This is Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. And boy, do we have a great epi t- today for you. Uh, Hannah Solo is here. She is so funny, so smart and cool. And she is part of that like little Facebook group of people who are still watching Grey's and converse about it. And so today we talked about the kind of forgotten characters of Grey's Anatomy, these like people who had even like seasons long arcs who we just completely forget exist. Um, and perhaps you also have some of those people and we have forgotten who you have not forgotten. So you can always tweet at me at Ann Silverberg and we can chat in kind of real world Grey's news this week. Something that I found genuinely devastating is that Giancomo Ginati, or however you pronounce the name of the person who plays DeLuca, turned 30 this past week. That's 30 years of age, quite young. I I just didn't put together that he was not yet 30 and that this whole time he's been what could be accurately described as his late 20s. So I don't know. I don't mean to curse this whole podcast with that information up top, but I do feel an obligation to share with fans of Grey's and fans of this podcast kind of what has been burdening me this past week, which is that the guy who plays DeLuca was 29 up until one week ago and that when he came on at the end of season 11... Well, you do the math. It's not pretty. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I don't enjoy it. And this should be the summer and I should be enjoying everything. But and I should just be watching old seasons and, you know, putting putting DeLuca out of my head. But here I am cursing my own damn self. Uh, That's about it. Uh, As always, I'm going to subscribe review, do all that good stuff whenever you want to, now even. And that's about it. Uh, Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I have with here a friend, a fan, Mm. an icon in the Grey's Anatomy fandom, but also of the New York comedy scene. (laughs) She is a performer at UCB. But and kind of just to get back more to, to the more important thing, she also just like is a big Grey's Anatomy fan and she watched Derek's death this very morning. 
It's Hannah Solo. Hello, hello. <laughs> I am still crying. <laughs> Were you, because you said you've been rewatching the earlier seasons. You just kind of went in cold to see what was up. I have decided that Grey's Anatomy is sort of my like background show, if you will. Yes. So I started at the beginning and just was like, I have to write thank you notes. I recently got married. So it was like, this and is my huge. thank Congrats. you note yes. show. <laughs> And then today I was like, I just need some refreshers. So I went on YouTube and just started typing in horrifying things like Derek death scene, Izzy cancer. Yeah. Just to sort of get back in that zone. It's so good to get in the zone. Yeah. I, I also will get into it, but I also watched some truly disturbing material, not exciting, but disturbing, disturbing. this morning because uh, before we get into kind of your Grey's journey, mm -hmm. the theme of this episode are just these forgotten characters. Because over these 15 seasons that we love so well, it it's interesting. They're like these characters who are like, they're around for a season, even longer. And and who, and who were they? And we kind of can't remember them. And um, and so we're, we're going back through memory lane. Yes. We, are, we are seeing these people who we truly forgot. Existed. Truly, the people that make you go, oh my God, oh, they were yeah. on this uh, show. That's right. That was a whole year of my life <laughs> that I watched them do something. But before we go into these, these characters from history, mm. what is your history with Grey's Anatomy? What's your Grey's story? Oh, that's really a good question. Well, I've been with it since the beginning. It was like a family show yeah. where my whole family would sit down and watch it. And slowly each member of my family dropped off. So wow. my, <laughs> they couldn't make it. My dad, I think, gave up pretty early. Mm -hmm. It was not for him. He's a psychologist, perhaps too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My we, sister, can't say, but, we can't say We can't say but. <laughs> My sister sort of is a very sensitive soul, and I'm. I think it could have been maybe like a one of those big trauma episodes that lost her, where she got too involved and it was too frightening for her. Yeah. Okay. So she's done. My mom still watches, so she Ugh. is my lifeline. A brave, <laughs> a good brave woman. <laughs> she and my aunt Donna are still watching. And so I sort of check in with them. And are they, are they still, how do they feel about the show now? So my mom, I think still enjoys it. My aunt despises it and is constantly threatening to leave, uh -huh. obviously, as we sort of all are. Yeah. But we're still holding strong. I wish I had a photo with me. I'll try and find it. But I, in my teenage bedroom, had like a full movie poster mm -hmm. of the Grey's Anatomy cast Your over ridge. my bed. Is it the one where they're all standing on the stairs? It was black oh. and with red writing <gasps> and it was like Burke and Izzy and they're sort of like oh, all faces. angled. Yeah. yeah I know exactly you know what, what you're talking about. I was describing the copy of a photo, <laughs> the copy of a signed photo that I have in my office at my place of work. Not my home, not a place where I can do whatever I want uh, in someone else's house, I've brought a copy of a signed photo that I bought off of Etsy uh, of the original cast, and they're all standing on the stairs. Oh, so it's not even signed. It's someone else. It's a copy of a signed photo. Yeah, it's it's in protective hard plastic, and I have it up on my bulletin board in my office as a warning to yeah. all who enter. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pe- when, pe- when people come into my office, they need to know what they're going to get, which is a lot of talk about Grey's. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. My Grey's Anatomy poster was next to, also niche, uh, a poster of Saved, oh, the movie. Yeah. And then three posters of <laughs> three little mini ones of um, The Light in the Piazza signed. Alter Boys, the musical, signed. Spring Awakening, signed. And then my dad wanted an auction, um, a poster signed by Morgan Spurlock of Super Size Me. My God. So that was sort of uh, my high school experience, (laughs) if you will. That's incredible. That really covers it. It really does. But Grey's was always my number one, still is. Yeah. And it really is astounding I've made it this long. My husband recently sort of figured out the formula almost he was like wait so at the end of every episode she like does this voiceover recapping it and I was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna ask you if your husband is along for the ride or if it's something he loves you because of or in spite of you know that is definitely it's the latter yeah it is the thing that I watch on my computer when he goes to play video games and we sort of say like enjoy your interest I'll see you in an hour (laughs) Enjoy your interest. That's beautiful. It is. He allows me to still still love it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I talk about Graves a lot at home. Branson has been on the podcast because he's seen five full seasons. I'm proud of him for that. And then and then has kind of been um he's been in the room. (laughs) He's been in the room for a lot more. And you know, every once in a while, you know, he's like he's an illustrator and he'll be working. And most of the time I'm like, he's busy and he's not paying attention. And then at a certain, like at the moment where you least expect it, he'll like turn around and I'll be like, is that this person? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God bless you. May, may God bless you. Absolutely. <laughs> Hashem. Yes. <laughs> Hashem. Yes. Oh, so. Okay. So you, did you take any breaks in your watching experience or have you just steady I'm I think I've been very steady I'm Mm -hmm. committed to it there are not a lot of other shows that I'm as committed to this is the one that I'm like I just have to see what happens yeah and how do you feel about it now are you are you more of your mom or are you more of an aunt Donna I'm more of an aunt Donna at the moment right now here's the deal I'm not a fan of Station 19. They will never make me a fan of Station 19, no matter how hard they try. And they're trying very hard. For those of you who didn't hear me mention this in another episode, uh, Christopher Noth is going to be the showrunner for Station 19 as well, explicitly in an effort to kind of merge. They already both take place in Seattle and in the same Seattle. There already have been crossover episodes, but she has become the showrunner of Station 19, which for people who are long removed, is a spinoff um, in which Bailey's husband has decided to become a firefighter and he's one of the main characters on the spinoff, but he's not like the main, main, main character. Right. But I actually also don't totally know that because I do not watch. But thank you. Yeah, I'm loyal. Krista is now going to be the showrunner of both shows, which seems mathematically impossible to me, but basically it's so that every episode is like this kind of two hour like Seattle fest of like it's almost like part one and part two of an episode they're really merging the two worlds I'm not thrilled about this news no um and I don't know what to do about it. 
I don't want to feel like I have to watch the second hour because I'm afraid that if I don't watch the second hour, I'll miss something important to the Grace plot. I'm wondering if they're going to really take advantage of us. Like, I feel that they might. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been doing, I haven't been doing this so far. Like, apparently there have been, if you go on IMDb and, and, you know, as as someone in the industry, I'm <laughs> sure you do. Sometimes you'll go to a Grey's Anatomy actor's mm. page and you'll be like, there's been an eight episodes of Station 18 and you kind of start to realize like mm. there's this thing happening behind your back where Grey's Anatomy characters are on Station 18 and no one even told you. And it's like, that's how they're going to get us. They're going to they're going to put like the ending of a case in oh a my Station gosh. 18 episode and suddenly it's going to be like The Bachelor. It's like two hours. You're committed every week. And <sighs> I am. I also watch The Bachelor. <laughs> they know me too well and they've tricked me. Listen, I also watched Private Practice. They've, they've tricked me before. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not strong. <laughs> but I loved Private Practice me for too. a while. And um, at a certain point, it got too intense. Um, it was just like, it was just like, I can't. I don't have the bandwidth mm-hmm. to, like, to do this as well. But... That was like a little bit different because I actually uh, love Addison. Ben Warren, like who gives a shit? I don't care. I do not care. And he also figured prominently in some of this material that I was reviewing this morning. And I was just like, God, this guy's taking us for a ride. He used to be an anesthesiologist. He used to be an, and and that wasn't good enough for him. He had to become a, a surgeon at another hospital and then at Seattle Grace. And then he's like, I gotta be a firefighter. And then Bailey's like, I'm getting a heart attack because of all of the stress about my husband. And you know what? She's right. She's right. Pick a career. <laughs> pick a career. And pick like a like anesthesiologist and surgeon. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like mm-hmm. you want you want to be doing a different part of the action. Uh, he wants to become a firefighter. I mean, because of station 19, but he wants to become because they needed him to do it for station 19. But the way that his character justifies it, he's like rescues Stephanie Edwards the intern or the resident I guess at the time from like the burning hospital and he's like I could get used to this (laughs) and that's that's psycho that's a psycho origin story also sorry speaking of of psycho origin stories Uh someone absolutely dragged me (gasps) lovingly but dragged me on Twitter um, this very weekend about this podcast and it was loving and it was coming from a fan and I could tell, but, um, let me tell you what they said. I'm nervous. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Okay. Tio Valenti said this. I wish I loved anything, all caps in this life, as much as Nicole loves Meredith Gray's season four therapy arc. <laughs> The day I speak about something with as much passion as Nicole does this arc, I'll know I finally reached self-actualization. The the precision of this drag, it, it's unbelievable. It really is. To be, to be taken to task for something I love so deeply and to kind of for, for her to hold up the mirror, so to speak, <laughs> and say, like, why are we a part of this? It's really something that I at first was like, well, bitch, like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then go. I and then I kind of took a little bit of distance and I was like, this is a loving drag. 
and also like I do hope that people love someone or something in their life as much as I love that arc because it, it is like a deep abiding nourishing love and that's very good for me so in any case that's like a that's like a petite bit of psychosis that I personally have <laughs> but it is nothing compared to what Ben Warren forces us to witness Ugh. I think that's beautiful isn't that the reason why we're still watching Grey's Anatomy because we do have this deep love for it. Yes. Above all. Do you have like something in Grey's that you just return to or, or you remember it and you're just like, God, this is like such a good show. I mean, I, as many, constantly return to Denny. Yes. That is sort of, I feel like I remember a moment of like sobbing uncontrollably while watching it. And like, you know, when you look in the mirror when mm -hmm. you're crying. Yeah, just to, to check in. To be like, wow. This is what feeling is. <laughs> Do you think that you loved the Denny arc so much because you also loved Izzy or was it just like it was the whole thing? I think it was the whole thing. Like the drama, the surprise. The surprise. Even trying to explain it today to my husband and to explain when Denny returns because that's what I was watching. Oh, Gave yeah. me such a thrill to be like, okay, listen. So he's currently like a ghost and he was alive, but she sort of killed him. And also she has cancer. That's why she's seeing him. He's come for her. Like just explaining it truly was a high for me. <laughs> it's I my feel drug. That, I feel that way. Absolutely. Like to have to be like, okay, I don't think you get something. <laughs> <laughs> when Teddy was at war with Owen, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, Buckle up. Here we go. I Let will me, explain it in detail to yeah. you. And and to feel like an expert on something is also mm. an amazing feeling. To yes. be like, yes, I know. I know why these characters are in a fight. And I know all the fights that they've had before this. And I'll know all the fights that they have in the <laughs> It does feel good to rewatch, too, because it is sort of like you already know what's coming. Yeah. Today, though, I was also surprised because I watched, um, well, we were going to talk about her. Um, Sadie. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I bring it up, but no, please bring it up. I mean, we can, we can really start getting into it because Sadie, Ugh. if you guys are wondering who, who, who's <laughs> that? That would be Meredith's friend from college who is British, mm -hmm. I think, and just shows up and then she starts like cutting open the other interns with like Lexi and stuff like that. Okay, here's my question. Maybe you can answer it. Is it ever established how she has surgical privileges in the hospital? She says she's been working in a morgue and then she's like on Meredith's service. Yeah, she, well, okay. So she, I don't know exactly how she gets hired except for the fact that like like, I don't know if they ever really get into it, but then at the end of her arc, mm -hmm. they, like, find out that she, like, cheated on right. her test. So, like, there was, like, some type of system. So there was. Okay. And also it seems like Seattle Grace is just sort of like a nepotism. Like, if you know someone who works here, we'll sort of get you in. Right. Situation. Yeah. Ugh. Unbelievable. Their nicknames are Death and, and Dying, <laughs> which had, that had to have been a busy week. Right. <laughs> In the writer's room, you go, okay, they're death and, uh, and dying. dying? 
Sure. <laughs> we'll leave it blank for now and we'll fill it in later. And then that's dying is more of a placeholder. <laughs> Death, we kind of get how that can be a name. Dying it needs to be something to that effect. Something that 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 fits, but not quite so on the nose. Mm-hmm. And then they got to set and they were like, well, what do we do? And they just said it and then yeah. it stopped. And now it yeah. But it, then it really didn't because because who is Sadie? We still don't know. I truly had even forgotten about that plot that she is a full psycho. Yeah. First of all, we're, we're talking about psychos. When she is like lying on the table. And so basically the interns have started their own sort of surgical adventure. Underground. Yeah. Sort of like fight cut, club. Cutting club. Yeah. And they're going to take out her appendix. And then Lexi, thank God, is like back to her character and is like, actually, no, this is a mistake. We can't do that. And then Sadie cuts her own stomach and is like, go at it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure. Makes Uh, sense. Yeah. Great. Um, Okay. Yeah. What else you got? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about Sadie. We are going to talk about who the arc that I just reviewed this entire morning Eliza Minnick. Oh my God. Season 13. I hated her so much. I felt myself clenching my fist and clenching my jaw watching some of the clips today because I hated her. Do you know who her husband is? Oh, her husband, Scott Foley. Baby, don't don't come at me (laughs) with questions about Scott Foley's life because I will tell you all the answers. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll get into her. We're going to get into Leah Murphy. Who? Yeah, I mean, literally who? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not even going to get into Leah Murphy. We're going to get into her. We're going to get into Sloane's daughter, Sloane. <laughs> How dare they? Another sort of fill in the blank situation, it seems. <laughs> They're busy. They're so busy. Shonda's a single mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get into Dr. Swender. That's a Izzy's cancer doctor who's a total bitch. Deep cut. Deep cut. And deeper by the second, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> With every passing moment, she becomes more of kind of like a phantom, like <laughs> nightmare to me. Um, we're going to talk about Sydney Heron. I love. I love. But also, what? Who? Who? And I'm sorry, who? We're going to talk about Penny. Yes. Penny. From season 14. And then... We weren't going to talk about her because we totally had forgotten that she existed. But you came in here today and showed me a picture of (gasps) Heather. And you were like, remember her? And I was like, didn't she drown? And And you were like, yes. She was electrocuted. (laughs) Oh, she was electrocuted and drowned in like an inch of water inside the hospital. So it's actually incredible. We're going to go through all of these. Um, In just a moment, we'll get to the clips. But first, uh, we just had an amazing time going deep on Heather, the interns, Gray's wiki page. Whoever is editing her page, thank you for this information. We've learned so much. She used to eat dirt as a child. She She had sex with Alex Karev. Yes. Shocking. Forgot. Completely forgot. How would I remember that? She, her last words were like, oh, crap. Dr. Weber. (laughs) It's just, it's, when you list out the facts like that. It's true. It's hard to believe that anyone could forget her. But, 
but then at the same time, you kind of see yeah. how that happened. I guess that's honestly everything I have to say about Heather. R.I.P. R.I.P. But, but honestly, who missed her? Like after she left, like who was like, oh, our friend Heather died. Not a soul. Not one soul. Nickname Mousy. No one said, where's Mousy? Her other nickname? Weirdo. <laughs> hey, where's Weirdo? Oh, remember when Weirdo got electrocuted and died? Ugh. Not a great moment. No. No. Okay. Let's talk about Eliza Minnick. Okay. So for anyone who stopped uh, and, and who could blame, Eliza Minnick who is, I think it's very important to know that the actress is Scott Foley's wife. It is really important. Because in the Shondaland world, in the Betsy Beers casting director universe, loyalty is everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Scott Foley is part of the family. And his wife, whose name I actually don't think I could pronounce. No. Um, No. I'm going to try, though. It's um, Marika Dominich. That's pretty good. Marika Dominicevic. <laughs> she was bad. <laughs> she, but oh, the we, actress. The actress, I don't think she was great. No, she was terrible. No, I think she was actually pretty bad. I, I do wonder if her first language is Polish. It has to be. Because some of the, mm-hmm. some of the emphasis on words and the way that she talks, it's like she... It's almost there. Yes. But it's like something is just a little off. And that and I'm wondering if I'm trying to figure out how to explain that. And I'm wondering if maybe that that explains it. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because there was a weird disconnect with her character. And when I found out that she was Scott Foley's wife, it sort of clicked for me where Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. okay, now I'm not as confused why they hired this terrible actress. Right. It's like, okay. This was some sort of behind the scenes right. casting moment. Totally. Which, you know, is really driven home by the fact that she also is on six episodes of Whiskey Cavalier. Yes. <laughs> which is the Scott Foley starring ABC action comedy that did get canceled. And despite the fact that we love the team in Prague, um, which is what every single person who was on that show posted on Instagram. They said, we love the team in Prague. If you <laughs> ever have the opportunity to work in Prague, take it. And I think that that is so condescending. Like, yeah, if I have the opportunity to work in Prague, I'm definitely going to take it. But thanks so, Thank much. You so much. Thank you so much. But yeah. Okay. I was going to say more on that. And I was like, ultimately, not necessary. <laughs> so she is on like the entire season uh, 13. And she's brought in as this consultant. And like, as Caitlin Bitsagai said on the show, there's there's a lot of like contract drama mm. over the course of several seasons. And like one such contract is like, will this become like a Harper Avery hospital? If it, if it is, does that mean that they can't win the Harper Avery award because it's a conflict of interest? Like all the stuff, basically Catherine Avery, now Catherine Fox is like, it has an authority at the hospital, which somehow is like more of an authority and 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 it is not an authority to be one of the doctors who owns the hospital. Like any of the doctors who own the hospital have no authority. Right. Like Meredith gets in a big fight with Bailey and Bailey's the chief and it's like she doesn't get to say like I own one fifth of the hospital. You have to do what I say. So the rules fuzzy. <laughs> but basically Eliza Minnick is brought in as this consultant at the behest of 
Catherine, Mm -hmm. who is married to Weber and Weber runs the residency program. But despite the fact that he runs it and he trained Bailey and he trained Mm -hmm. all these incredible surgeons, Mm -hmm. it's a new world. And Eliza Menick is going to come in and she's going to kind of like reinvigorate this program with her method. There's like phases of this method. So the first clip that I selected is just the clip in which you meet, you see her for the first time. She's addressing the residents. And the reason why I chose this clip is because you can just feel in this clip that they thought that she was going to be dynamite. Mm. Like they are setting her up for an arc. They are setting her up to be a hero for the residents. You know, she's all, she always was going to clash with the attendings, which we'll get to. But like in this clip, you see the world stretched out before her. And you, because she was eventually, for those who didn't uh, watch this far, I mean, she's just absolutely fired both from <laughs> the hospital and Grey's Anatomy at the end of the season. And like... <gasps> And she done. It's a hard no. Yeah, it's a hard no. I, I I don't I can't actually remember in my fandom of Grey's a character who was hated so roundly by the Grey's fan. I mean fandom. It was it was brutal. But at the beginning, it was clear that they did not think that that was how it was going to go. So so this is the first clip where she's addressing she's addressing the uh, the beloved interns or residents. We met them as interns. You got it. So, I work with attending surgeons. I train attendings to train you. And the best way I know how to do that is to hear from you about them. I would love to get just a clearer picture of the hours, the instructors, who you love, who you hate. I want to hear it. Shoot. Sorry, but you're here for two days. We have to work with them. I get that. You just have to ask if that's the best path to take to get to what you want, which I assume is to be able to stand in an OR and confidently, seamlessly perform a flawless solo surgery. Not tomorrow, not next year, not two years from now, but today, right now, without hesitation, because that's what I'm offering. A chance to do solo surgery that. Always and don't worry, this room is a vault. Nothing leaves these walls. They all raise their hands. They all raise their hands. Okay, so in this scene, not only can we kind of hear this like sentence construction in which we're like, okay, it's almost there. It, like, like the, is this an acting style? Is this a character choice? Like, what exactly is going on? Like, this woman just feels a little off. But then it's like, she's like, I want to get you in the OR right now. And so here, as I reviewed the plot and and completely forgot about every single thing that happens. Here's yes. some of the things that happen with Liza Menick. She gets to choose what ORs she wants to go in. And mm-hmm. she wants to go into Meredith's OR. And Meredith says no. Right. And so Bailey suspends her. And <gasps> Meredith's just like, okay, fine. And Meredith won't go back to work on principle. All of the surgeons side with Dr. Weber because they want him to be able in charge of that program. Right. But then April is offered the opportunity <gasps> to be the interim chief of general. And she betrays everyone and takes it. Oh Eliza Minnick's like whole system is like, let the residents do it now. Like we won't know what they know and what they don't know until they just like go in there and do it. So during one surgery, she nicks an artery mm-hmm. so that DeLuca 
can like clip it. <gasps> and the doctors uh, in there are like, oh, what uh, were you doing? And she was like, there were four capable doctors like standing around that patient. And now based on DeLuca, we now know that there are actually five, <laughs> which is like, mm, okay. Okay. The moment. So she also like has a crush on Arizona. They start dating. Mm-hmm. But before that happens, she like draws two residents names out of a hat. She draws Warren and she draws Stephanie Edwards and they're both going to perform soul surgeries. And then Stephanie Edwards patient dies. Can't do the soul surgery. So they're like, let's go troll for cases in the ER. And they find a kid who has gallstones. And they go and they take the kid. And Arizona Robbins is like, this is a kid. You're not a ped surgeon. You're a sports medicine person. Like, I understand you. She's a sports medicine person. That is correct. She's she's an orthopedic surgeon, which shout out to Callie. But like has none of the same. Right. Chutzpah, if you will, yes. as and Callie. Ar- and Arizona gets furious and she's like, you can't without a ped surgeon in the room operate on a kid. Like, this is different. And Minnick, who was like in charge and like already Meredith is suspended and all the stuff, she's like, you can be in the OR, but you have to observe and you can't do anything and you have to, you just have to observe. Well, guess what? Guess Stephanie what Edwards happens. kills the kid. <laughs> I mean, she kills the kid. And at a certain point, Arizona Robbins like steps in and like is trying to save this kid. But they nicked, they like, they there was some bleeding because they hit an artery Ugh. with the scope, I think. There's always bleeding. But there's this moment where there's like a bleeder somewhere. And Arizona's like, turn the camera. And Edwards is like, what? She's like, turn the camera around so you can see it. Like, Anyway, so they get out of the OR and Edwards is stunned and like about to cry. And she's like, oh, my God, I killed that kid. And Minnick just runs off. Where's the teacher now, bitch? She's not there. She's nowhere to be found. And then Arizona ends up like kind of like comforting her because it turns out that she's never lost a kid. Which is also like I get it. She's she says like she's worked with old people and she's a sports medicine person. But she's like, yeah, my whole career, I've never killed a kid which I'm like oh is that accurate I don't know right but also bitch you just did yeah but yeah you ultimately you just did and Arizona like comforts her and she's like this is how we're gonna tell the parents and stuff like that but of course Edwards goes to Weber the real teacher and he helps her tell the parents that's horrible it's horrible and it's Minnick's fault ultimately she doesn't report Stephanie missing during the fire because she's following protocol. And guess who ends up quitting medicine? Stephanie, because of all of her burns. Anyway, Minnick is horrible. horrible. So the other, the other, uh, the other um, clip that I chose is when she gets fired. Oh my gosh, a full journey we're a full hearing journey. today. And it's really, and it's it, it, the, in this moment where she gets fired, you're just like. This is fan service. This is the closest yes. thing to fan service I've ever seen on this show because it's just Bailey for like no reason. Like Minnick has always had her argument and then everyone at, at the hospital has had theirs. And like they've always not liked how she'd done things. Mm-hmm. She's always been like, guess what? My system works. And then just one day, Bailey's like, mm, it's a bridge too far. <laughs> and like just like choose her out. So anyway. Here we 
go. I was sidetracked by treating patients, which is my job. I was doing my job. Right. That protocol states that... <laughs> I'm sorry. If anyone could follow protocol around here, Edwards would be perfectly fine right now. I'm sorry, what? She was supposed to be in counseling, but Dr. Weber over here decided she should be able to work today. If you hadn't completely undermined me... No, no, this girl would be dead. Dr. Minnick, I don't believe that there's a place for you in my hospital any longer. Dr. Bailey, hold on. It's Chief Bailey, and I am not holding on. She is holding on. She is, is clinging to these procedures and protocols and cannot see when to let go in order to save the life of a patient. A child! I do, I know, because I was taught right. Thank you. Dr. Edwards <laughs> certainly knew, because she was taught right. This is not some uh, factory that turns out surgical, like surgical robots. Robots was never we make question. doctors <laughs> thinking, feeling, Think, feeling, human doctors, and we will teach them right. And that's the end of her. And she literally packs up her stuff and leaves, and Erica Hahn style, and we never see her again. And Arizona's just like, and then in the next season, when Amelia has her brain tumor, which. <gasps> is its own okay. episode <laughs> everyone's like when she did this that was her brain tumor when they did this that was their her brain tumor and everyone's like we all have our brain tumor you know that thing that you do that you're just like why did i do this and arizona's like "Ugh, minic my uh. brain tumor and it's like okay well we have erased her from the annals of Grey's Anatomy. Yep. So that's, that's sad. I feel she like she was there for a whole season. It's crazy. I mean, I hated her. There were moments today when I was watching her arc where I was like clenching my fists. But I think there's a world where that character could have been good. But because it felt like she was reading words for the first time on screen, we could not trust her. The audience could never trust her because it felt like, did she wander on set? Someone just <laughs> handed her the script. Yeah. I was never going to get on board with her. Like, I don't even think I could do an impression of how she talks, but it's like the she takes breaths in weird parts and sentences. Yes. She'll be like, the reason why we do things this way is because I want to do them this way. And it's like, OK, we're almost there. We just have to kind of like slurp out some of that space <laughs> in between these words. Because it just feels, it's like almost there. A little bit of a robot, a surgical robot, if and you I, will. <laughs> and I have to say, like, ultimately, she is married to Scott Foley, and she's done a lot correctly in her life. And mm -hmm. she's been on many, many episodes of network television, and she has the paychecks. But I'm actually going to sit here and kind of criticize how she talks in her second language. Absolutely. Twitter, <laughs> come for us, please. <laughs> okay. Eliza Minnick, you brought up Rose. I did bring up Rose. You forgot that Rose existed? I forget that Rose existed because that was also very quick. It was sort of like, oh my gosh, what if Derek is going to end up with Rose? And then it was like, okay, we're just kidding, guys. That could never happen. So I agree. And when I was kind of reviewing, so the clips that I chose for her were also kind of similar of like, here's a beginning, here's an end. She has this amazing moment, like one of my favorite lines in all of Grey's, where she has to fix the computer in order to see the probes in the OR. Do you remember this? <gasps> yes. 
Um, I'll just play it because you'll 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 know the line when you see it. Their local text in Spokane. That's five hours away. Did you tell them I was in the middle of somebody's brain? Yes. The tech is still in Spokane. You can't just pull the probes out and go to a full craniotomy? No. Why not? Uh, the probe is in the tumors. Pulling out with that, the navigation system can damage the brain tissue. And you can't leave the probe in very long without seeing swelling. That's good. What's your name? Two. Steve. Steve Mostow. Dr. Steve Mostow. Intern. Hi, Steve. I need you to run to the nurse's station. Tell them to make an announcement. Tell them we need computer technicians in OR3. Go fast and scrub in on your way back. Yes. Dr. Shepard? Yes. I did three semesters in computer science before I switched to nursing. I, I, I don't know what's wrong, but if it's something reasonably basic, I... I'd feel a lot better about this if your voice wasn't shaking. My voice shakes when I'm nervous. I'm an imperfect person, but it doesn't mean I can't fix the computer. All right, Rose has three semesters of computer science. Mm -hmm. At what school did you go to? Santa Cruz. That's a party school. You want to insult my education, or do you want me to try and help you save oh. your patient? Oh. Okay, who can be three semesters of computer science at Santa Cruz? Uh -huh. Anybody? Yeah. Okay, give it a shot. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Yeah. It's a lovely beach town. How dare he? Yeah, I mean, very condescending, but just the, I'm an, imper I'm an imperfect person. Ah, beautiful so line. So good. Beautiful line. So she's like cool and spunky and smart, and she like can go toe to toe with Derek. And then at the end, Ugh. Well, after he gets back together with Meredith, she like pretends to be pregnant in order to psych him out. And she's like this like really bitter bitch. Yes. And I'm like, where did this come from? So that kind of I, I, I didn't forget that she existed per se, but I definitely forgot that like that's what becomes of her, that she like ends up stabbing. Derek in the hand during oh surgery when she God. hands him a tool and so she has to like switch specialties. It does feel like that's sort of an MO. It's like they're this really sort of interesting cool character and then it's like floating. They sort of float away. Yeah. Just like bye bye. Yeah. The moment where she's like he's like I think you need to switch specialties. This is before she stops him. Like, I think you need to switch specialties. And she's like, I think you need to switch specialties. <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> I used to like this person like four episodes ago. Uh, and now she is like the face of Honda, maybe? Or Toyota or something? Is that her? Is that her? I'm pretty sure. Or she has a lookalike. I don't know. Well, we now must, I have to Google yeah, have it. To okay, Rose Grey's Anatomy. I know exactly who you're talking about, right? but I'm like, is that her? I hope it is. Lauren Stamil. Now that I've said it out loud, I think that it's a different person. And I, think I apologize is, I think for it that. is too. No, no, no. We had to investigate. But what is she doing now? Okay. She's married. She's best known for portraying Nurse Rose on Grey's Anatomy. Duh. Michelle Slater on Community. Didn't okay, watch. And CIA agent Danny Pierce on Burn Notice. She was on Burn Notice for the fifth and sixth seasons. In 2015 was her last film credit. Oh, she has a recurring role on 911 and a recurring role on Good Girls. Okay. I'm, I'm glad she's doing well. That. Yeah. I'm glad she's doing well. I. Oh, and I guess she also had a recurring role in Scandal. Shondaland, okay, we feel there's good loyalty. for her. We, mm -hmm. There's loyalty. This is a story. 
This is a story of reward Absolutely. for showing up and being there. Okay, who else do we got? Leah Murphy. I mean, here's what I wrote underneath where I usually put uh, timestamps to look for clips. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, literally, Leah Murphy, who cares? She's on the show for how many seasons? She leaves, she comes back, she leaves, she comes back. She's a lesbian. She files a sexual assault. Um, not sexual assault, sexual harassment mm -hmm. suit with the hospital. Everyone gets mad at her for that. And we don't care. Who and why would we? Yeah, I mean, I like have nothing to say about Leah Murphy. I like, cannot remember she? any like extremely defining qualities about her. She's blonde. She and there's nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm really, I'm not like performatively. I'm like, no, I'm, try, I'm no, like trying. I'm like, okay, remember one moment she was she friends had. with Stephanie. That was a I thing, don't know if she maybe? was though okay, because well. like Stephanie and Joe were friends. Ugh. She was in that Ugh. intern class. Right. We know that she was <laughs> in the class. She was there. I'm literally googling right now just for a crumb. A crumb. crumb. A crumb of a detail. Because she was on for I mean she dated like Arizona. And when I was looking on YouTube today, just kind of like be like, "Okay, what are the greatest hits?" for example. It was like Here's this music video I made of Leah and in oh Arizona. And I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. Because she was on for um seasons nine, ten, and thirteen. <gasps> wait, she also wait, what? She also had sex with Alex. Okay, but I think everyone did, right? But but I don't have any recollection of that. I don't either. But she, this, this wiki is saying that there's like a big scene with her and Joe. So then that means, okay, this is blowing my mind. She had sex with Alex before Joe. <gasps> I remembered something. Okay. I think Weber lets her go from the program because she's bad. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. He's like, this isn't for you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe become another thing. <laughs> Like you can't, it's not that you can't be a doctor. You just like can't be a surgeon because you're bad at this. Does that make sense? And oh she's like, what? God. And then I think in season 13, he, that's when he brings her back because after the, I don't know. I I started feeling really confident. And then I was like, you actually, I though. don't you know anything. Yeah, actually, bit. I don't know anything about this character. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to find this out. It probably on my own time. <laughs> later yeah but... I understand I understand the sexual harassment claim is <gasps> one of the craziest <gasps> what do you have okay <laughs> she went to a different hospital afterwards she after she was fired and wanted to improve her skills and she discovered she wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and then she learned about Maggie and came back to Graceland and was like I need to work with Maggie okay so ultimately this isn't even ringing a bell <laughs> I mean, like I'm it's literally like and I feel like I have some it's an imperfect. I'm an imperfect person. Quote Nurse Rose. Yes. But like, I have like an imperfect yet. I think like reliably encyclopedic knowledge of Grey's Anatomy. And I think what you, you just said well. every single word, like <laughs> nothing. Like I kept waiting for kind of like a spark of recognition. And I was to some degree, I was almost like Maggie could be on this list. Like she isn't. We know who she is. But like when when Grey's is in season 20 mm -hmm. we're gonna be like who Who's was maggie, maggie? yeah <laughs> she didn't like camping she didn't like camping 
She's stuck in a car. She's stuck in a car. (laughs) Also, Leah's mother once dated Mark Sloan, and that's how she got into the internship. And that's from the wiki. We hear. And that's from the wiki. And I would love to know the source of that because that's in the wiki. Oh, she and Heather were roommates. Okay, so maybe she was one who mourned Heather. Maybe after Heather died, Leah was really broken up about it. Heather had someone. And you know what? I feel better about (laughs) that now. a little better that after Heather got electrocuted (laughs) in an inch of water and died, that someone mourned her. Leah Murphy mourned. Yeah, Leah Murphy mourned. Who wept? (laughs) Leah (laughs) Leah Murphy Murphy wept. Okay, moving on. Who do we have next? We have, oh, Sloan's daughter, Sloan. Underneath that, I just have Ugg written. Did we need this? Did we need her? I, I feel like she was a big misstep. Yes. We could have found another way to break up Lexi and Sloan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sloan like, takes money from Sloan. Sloan takes food from Sloan. Sloan takes space from Sloan. Sloan infringes on Sloan's relationship. Uh, that's just a character where I'm like, I just, I, I don't, I completely forget that she exists. I fully forgot I, until because you like, said something. But, and then it's like, oh yeah, that was like a big problem for people. Like she was pregnant. She was pregnant. And then her baby had issues and Addison had to come. Oh. Ugh. I mean, could we use Addison for something better? Okay. Next up, death or dying? Which one's which? Meredith is Death, I think. Okay, and Sadie is dying. Mm-hmm. Sadie is a a blip. What's weird about Sadie is like Sadie like makes Christina jealous. Yes, and that was like a main point of this arc was like, look at how mad Christina is that she's not the number one. And it was also because Derek was like, Ugh, Christina's always in my bed. And yeah. then it was like, look how this makes you feel, Christina. Right. Getting a taste of your own medicine. But I totally forgot about that. Like when I think about Sadie and I don't think about Sadie, but when I'm reminded <laughs> of Sadie, I, I'm like, I re- I'm reminded of like the cutting out the appendix, mm-hmm. the, like the recklessness thing, but kind of any like deeper relevance to the plot. It's kind of like a note, like a, like a, a, a nothing is there for me. So imagine my surprise when I found this scene that I was like, wait, what? That's this scene where Sadie like comes up to Meredith and they have a heart to heart. And Sadie's like, you and I had a fight like the one you're having with Christina right now. And we never recovered. Does this ring a bell to you? Honestly, no. But I just watched the episode before this, so I hadn't gotten to it, I guess. But I still what? I'm going to play it. It's it's a genuine like uh like maybe when you're watching it and I mean I feel like I've rewatched this season many many times season 5 like maybe when you're watching it you're like this makes sense but it do- it did not stick with me of like oh yeah well there's that thing the old come to Jesus <laughs> moment with death and dying okay let me find this is that him you ever find out what he did doesn't matter what he did. He did something really bad. And he's going to pay for it. The guy on death row. You want to get a drink? I'm not in the mood. You know, you and I had a fight like this once. What? Amsterdam. We used to be as close as you and Christina, and then Amsterdam happened, and you shut me down, and we never got past it. 
We still hung out, but, but not like before. We'd go dancing, go someplace loud where we don't have to talk, and that's okay. I'm a, I'm a rolling stone, I bounce. But you're about to do the same thing to Christina and that girl mates for life. If you don't make it right, she'll never talk to you again. I apologized to Christina. Like you meant it. Like you could imagine she had a point. I miss you. As my friend, I miss you. That's an Izzy line. I miss you. As your friend, I miss you. That's an Izzy line. Yeah, I mean, I like I feel something when I watch that, but it's mostly like, you know, hearing a song from many years ago being like, ah, oh, I, I sung this once. I can't quite remember <laughs> the lyrics, but I feel it in my soul the somewhere. melody, oh, yeah, like what? Takes me to a time, maybe <laughs> in Europe in 1944. To Amsterdam. <laughs> Like, what happened in answer? Like, I don't right. know. Why bring it up? I just, that's something where I'm like, am I, that feels like a really big moment and I just have no recollection of it. Yes. But also feels like we could use a bit more context. <laughs> you don't have to give us the play-by-play of what happened in Amsterdam, but like a, a bone? A, a single bone. A it's bo- like when you have friends that are talk about their other friends in a way that you're like, I don't know these people. Like I have a friend that will always be like, well, you know, Kelly is always like blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know who Kelly is. Yeah. I don't, you need to give me something. Yeah. I don't know Amsterdam. We weren't there. <laughs> we weren't, we in- weren't there. And we also don't even know all that many details about this. Like wild, like we know that like Meredith had like crazy hair. And they studied abroad together. Which they actually really together. reminds me. For people who are listening, against their will, I've been sharing these details about this hair color appointment that I have. And at this period of time, it's tomorrow. (laughs) And I just have to say, like, it's all happening. What are you doing? I'm making a change. I'm making a change. But I don't know what. I'm scared to say the word blonde out loud. I was going to say, is this a Lexi situation? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm kind of scared. Um, (gasps) But anyway, yeah, that is tomorrow. I mean, honestly, it's such an abuse of the space for me to continually talk about my hair appointment every single. And the and the thing that's I think the worst news for people who listen to this podcast is after the hair appointment, it won't kind of be like the end of it. I I, it actually will in some ways just be the beginning of this conversation (laughs) that I'm having with absolutely no one on the other end and um yeah I mean I don't know I think we're all kind of getting a little bit more comfortable in this podcast this is episode you know something teen I'm I'm loving it I'm having the time of my life but I'm starting to kind of push it a little bit so anyway my hair appointment is tomorrow for those of you who um have been hoping I wouldn't bring it up here we are feels like the journey of grays you know yes time has passed you're sort of what can I do what can't I do let's see how far I can go yeah like what you know what this is my Amsterdam I'm, I'm kind of like <laughs> dangling it I'm not giving enough information but in some ways it's to bring it up at all is too much <laughs> um yeah Sadie like goes away because you find out that she like cheated she's on her a liar. Yeah, she's a liar she's not qualified are there there's no sort of like checking system it's like Oh, wow. She fooled us all. Right. Like even the even like the 
the Lori Laughlins of the world who had to like cheat to get their children into college. Like it's a very, it's not like a single person's operation. Like right. there are a lot of moving parts in order to make those test appearances legit, uh, those test results legit, legit. And I'm wondering like what, what could Sadie dying, so to speak, dying. what could a dying have done? There's the spinoff right there. Her younger years. <gasps> wow. wow. We'll watch. Okay, we'll watch. <laughs> you know what? Anything to get me away from Station 19. <laughs> Truly anything. I don't care. care. Don't care. And I don't want to care. Please don't make, don't me, make care. me care. Don't make me care. I once watched um like a summer, like an ABC summer show. You know how they just have like truly garbage trash over the summer mm -hmm. during the break that starred the hot blonde Australian firefighter on station 19. That they, I don't even know who that is. He was on a recent episode because he was going to maybe ask someone to marry him or he did ask oh, someone to yeah. marry him. Oh yeah, it was that thing where they were like, you were getting flowers for this person? What? You guys are together? And I was like, I do not give a shit. Yeah. And I have a sort of an attachment to him from that show and I still don't care, won't watch it. I mean, what could possibly move you then? If they brought back George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like George? I love George. Oh, do. Yeah. We haven't had a lot of George lovers on the pod. Wow. Honestly, I'm surprised. Many George skeptics. <gasps> or or kind of like indifferent. Like, oh, yeah, I like George. But then he kind of ends up like, do you know, being what he ends up kind of not my favorite. Like that sort of. Wow. This whole time. Those those little dings on the phone were me <gasps> because I little peek behind the scenes. I had we were initially going to play the things off of my phone. Now we're playing it off my computer. So my sound was on on my phone because I thought that we were going to have to listen on my phone. Ugh, a humbling moment. Absolutely. That was me. And it was just two, two little tiny replies on Twitter from friends. <laughs> it's, you know, it, the, the dings, they never stop. Because when, when you have a network as I. Um, okay, who, who's next? Who did we want to discuss? Penny. Oh, this is one that, yes, Penny. She's someone that I had forgotten. But then when I watched it this morning, I was fully brought back in. Yeah. Okay. So Penny killed Derek. She's a murderer. She killed Derek. You have it so fresh in your mind. What exactly did she do again? Okay, this is messed up. <laughs> it's not completely her fault. There but... were elements. But so basically when Derek came in, she believed that he needed a CT scan. She didn't push hard enough for it. So he never got the CT. And remember at the time, Derek was like sort of conscious but could not speak. Yes, in his mind, alert. Alert in his mind. So he was like, voiceover, get me the CT. I need the CT. This isn't right. And she's like, I think we should get the CT. And then this other doctor's like, no, we don't have time. And he's like, I do have time. Listen to her. They don't listen to her. And then she doesn't push hard enough and they go into the OR, open him up. And then they find that he has a brain bleed and they call the neurosurgeon who's like at dinner yeah and he's like I'll be there in 20 gets there in an hour and a half it's too late Dead. and then she at the time was like kind of a badass and was like you did this like why were you so late he could have had a chance and the guy's like get out of my OR and then she and Meredith have that like sort of beautiful scene where she's like I'm never gonna like be better what if this is it for me. And Meredith is like, you will be better because you'll see my husband's face. Yeah. In every patient you have. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if I really have it in me to watch that again, but I will do it at some point. In the privacy of your own home. In the privacy of my own home. Yeah. Okay. So Penny then ends up dating Callie. Callie has this girlfriend. Who's the girlfriend? She's the mystery girlfriend. We never see her. Then we see her. Guess what, bitch? It's Penny. (laughs) And so the scene that I I chose was... um, So Penny ends up... The, hosp- the hospital that she works at in the middle of nowhere gets closed. She rematches. Dillard. Dillard. She rematches with Graceland Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> she has the audacity to <laughs> accept. She's dating Callie. She goes to dinner at Meredith Gray's house. The audacity. And eventually, what I found very frustrating is they accept her. <laughs> But for one glistening moment, they don't accept her. And that's and that's the clip that I chose. Oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah. I mean, she also ends up going away because I think people, audience members were like, mm, yeah, sorry, Derek's murderer. That's a no for me. Sort of a hard sell. Yeah. From the beginning. Great twist, but hard sell for her to be like then part of the game. And like a love interest? No. I do not like. I do not like. Okay. Season 12, episode five. Wow. Title of the episode? <laughs> guess who's coming to dinner? Oh. And, and guess who indeed? <laughs> it's the woman who killed your husband. Okay. At the, at the beginning of this, the reveal, the previous episode, they open up the door. She's there. So oh. This is like she's at dinner and Meredith is having these flashbacks. And for much of this dinner you're like is she gonna say something and then she does so penny i've been changed at the stove all night what did you say you do i'm a doctor a surgery resident actually of course penny's a doctor because penny's perfect perfect pretty penny (laughs) where do you work at the moment uh Technically, I'm between gigs. What does that mean? Well, uh, last year, the hospital where I was working was closed down. And then um, right before I met Calliope. Yes. Calliope. I, really I used to call her that. Hmm. It's kind of like a joke with us, because my name's Penelope. Penelope. Penelope Blake. Whoa, see who's drunk now. That's why I know your name. You're in my calendar. I have a meeting with you on Monday. Yes. Why? Well, she is a new resident transfer. What? Well, yeah, she's joining the program at Grace Sloan Memorial. Oh, congratulations. Perfect. Are you kidding? Is she kidding? I rematched to Grace Sloan Memorial. Where were you working before? The um, place it closed? It was a, a smaller suburban center out by the Sound. She was at Dillard. Dillard Medical Center. Dillard. Dillard, isn't that, um... That's where Derek died. Isn't that right, Penny? That's, that's right. Perfect Penny killed my husband. 
She gave her a chance to say. Kepner, the food is getting cold. Let's pass those peas. Excuse me. Let's pass those peas is actually an iconic line, I think. <laughs> to be honest. What is Kepner? Scene? Let's pass those peas. <laughs> Pan to everyone's faces. Shock. Yeah, I'm actually going to take a screenshot of what I'm seeing right now to share when I share this episode because the moment of everyone in the aftermath is truly incredible. <laughs> the acting is very good. The acting good. is very good. Um, yeah, I mean, Penny, very easy to forget that she exists because you don't want her to exist. No, and truly, as a character, the audacity for someone to be like, I murdered your husband and friend of everyone who works here. I'm going to try it out. Just see what happens if I work there too. Hmm. Here's a spicy idea. How would I come over to your house without giving you prior notice? Maybe you won't remember me. Truly insane. And then she goes like, oh yeah, it's, it was like a small hospital on the sound. And Meredith's face is like, are you kidding? Dillard. Dillard. It's, it's called Dillard. Okay, this is scary to me, though, because I have a truly real fear that that could happen where you would go to a hospital and the training is poor. Yeah. And you die. Well, I think it's a founded fear. I it's think the thing. <laughs> it is true. I and think also there are just a ton of healthcare deserts in this country and... And other others do. And you could just, you know, fall in the wrong place. It's true. And you could be saving someone on the side of the road. Crucially, yes. You could be having already, you could think that your story is over. You already saved people on the mm -hmm. side of a highway. And then a big truck with your name on it <laughs> coming around <laughs> the bend. Oh. Grace has given me a lot of fears, I think. Oh, like, Yeah. Yeah, That's when Ra when episode. Rachel came on, we talked about um, oh, I remember like case medical cases, yes. and she was just like, "When that pencil in the eye, every time I look at a pencil, and I'm <gasps> like, yeah, good thing we now don't have to look at very many pencils <laughs> because that would be bad." Um, okay, we have two more okay. characters that just like who, what one, Doctor Swender. This one you sent me, and I actually had to go look it up because I couldn't remember who that was in the slightest. So she wasn't so much like a huge plot, like character to the plot, as much as it's just like she still presumably works in this hospital. Like, where is she? Right. She because she's the cancer doctor that Izzy has, who's like kind of a bitch. I was going to play a clip, but I'll just describe it to you. She basically is like. Everyone reports to me yes. now, like that's kind of her whole. Thing. And on Wiki, on Wiki, <gasps> what the uh, Wiki say? It was like she stops working Izzy's case because Izzy's cancer stopped growing and it didn't interest her anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. She's like, guess what? I work with really, really sick people who are going to die and I saved you. And so bye. Yeah, bye. But it's like she says something like, welcome to oncology, everyone. Like she said, or like, welcome to the cancer, cancer war. But then she continually, she like. Is really cold. She's kind of antagonistic mm -hmm. with um Bailey. Yes, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. She's somewhere around there. She's somewhere on a different floor, I guess, and she avoids 
the halls that everyone else goes to. Caitlin brought up a similar issue about where the um, older peds guy who like is interested in April, where he go, where he go, (laughs) where do he go? There's just a floor where all of the past characters work. Yeah. And that also would watch as a spinoff, just sort of like Grey's Anatomy floor 14. And it's all sort of just these people going about their day. It's more of like a docu-series. <laughs> That's like the B team, but better. The B team. Uh, Let's just try to forget that. I mean, I didn't watch it. I watched maybe an episode and said, thank you, Kepner. What is her name? Sarah, Sarah Drew. Drew. For your directing, which yeah. was nominated for, for an, an Emmy. Emmy. I... You know what? She's found her calling and we want that for her because she was devastated by the firing. And now she's sort of like, let me use this Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She uh, I recently found her hair colorist on Instagram. <gasps> I'm in kind of like that hair color, you know, mental space. Mm-hmm. I won't go into it. But <laughs> she has the same hair colorist as like um, as a, a bunch of other Grey's actors as well. Oh. And I'm like, that must be an interesting niche. Like Camilla Luddington, who plays Joe, goes to her. How do we get And in? crucially, Tessa Ferrer, who plays Leah Murphy, also goes <gasps> to her. And I was like, who is this? Um, is this a curse? Maybe Joe's next. She'll be cut. Ooh, the, the colorist curse. <laughs> Okay, last character we have is brace yourself. Did you remember this person exists? Sydney Heron. I actually did remember that she existed. Okay, I chose the opening scene where you introduce her, and she, actually, the writing for her is extremely funny and it's so sketchy. Yes. And I was like, this is the only character I would ever potentially be cast in in Grace. <laughs> like, it's actually crazy how much like you can just see the words on the page and be like them. Like they're kind of like we're cracking up because they just were writing like a truly comedic character. Yes. And she ends up like she like guns for chief resident and she competes with Bailey and like Callie and all these people. And then one day she just is gone, presumably for like a fellowship or Mm. to somewhere. But yeah, to me, that was a character that was like I completely forgot she existed. I sometimes get her mixed up with Dr. Dixon, who I also recently watched I never forget about her because every time I, this is tragic for me. Every time I hug someone, I think about that hug. Oh my God. Can you, would you even wish that on your worst enemy? That does feel like you were cursed by a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Dixon is the, is the cardiothoracic surgeon who, one of many who has a, I think an irresponsible portrayal of autism. Very irresponsible. And at one point she like demands that Bailey and Christina hug her because she wants like her nervous system to be like compressed so that she can calm down. And it's very unfortunate that I think about that every time I hug someone, but I, I do. That. You know what? I I accept there's a blessing being blocked there <laughs> and I accept kind of the blockage and I I try to kind of have work in my life that will relieve it. Yes. But I've also kind of accepted that it's never going to happen. So I actually, Virginia Dixon is someone who I think would normally really easily make this list. But for me, it just always, 
always one hug away. I feel like you've passed the curse on to me now because now that I know, I will be thinking about it. I just it. every time I hug, I just think, is my nervous system being calmed down right now? I did recently have been trying out, you're supposed to hug for a minimum six seconds, supposedly, and I've been trying that out. Supposed to? It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was telling me this? I have no source. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Everyone, that's it. Google it on your own. Yeah, oh Tracy, gosh, who's Tracy producing, found... she she found it. Yeah, that's the hug. That's my hug. Okay, that's the every hug I have. When she came onto the show, now we're talking about her. It wasn't until the end of the episode that multiple medical professionals had to be told that she had Asperger's, and it was like, what you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You didn't recognize that from the beginning and yeah. you bullied her? They were just like, no. she's so strange. Off is what they say. And it's like, yeah, I mean, like, first of all, who cares? Right. But also, like, what is. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Here's the Sydney Heron introduction that is on. It is, I, and I'm using this word confidently, a hoot. Are, is this um, wheelies? Does she have wheelies? No, that's this? Arizona. But did she have Does she wheelies? also have wheelies? Maybe. Or she had something This weird. is, maybe we've already met Sydney once before, but I don't know if we have. This is when like Miranda Bailey is on maternity leave and they have like a replacement yes. coming through. Yeah, but he's flawless. My name is Hill. What's his name again? Oh yeah, mouth breather guy. But he'll let you do a procedure on your own if he likes you. What are we doing? Trying to figure out who they're gonna pick for Bailey's replacement. Yeah! Stevens, Gray, O'Malley, Karev. Here you are. I was looking for you guys in the locker room, but you weren't there. And then I thought, well, maybe my interns are looking for me too. And then I come out here and here you are. <laughs> yeah, you guys look like a great group, which is awesome because my horoscope said it was gonna be a very challenging day and I was a little worried, but no, you guys. Yeah, you look like a good group, which is great because we're gonna have so much fun. Hi, hi, hi. First of all, hi. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Oh, am I hurting you? Uh, no, you're you're touching me. I'm Sydney Heron, fourth year, and uh, my philosophy, uh, just so you know, is um, is heal with love. Okay, so wonderful. So Alex, Izzy, Meredith, Christina, and our little group is just missing. Oh, O'Malley. Yeah, he's cowering behind the stripe line like a little girl. Standing up for what he believes in, that's my kind of little girl, right? The ER needs somebody down there for a consult. Does anybody who wants to? We get to pick? Oh, me, I'll, I'll, I'm on it. I'll help. I have patients I need to check on. So it looks like it's just you and me, Izzy McGee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's, um, it's Stevens, Izzy Stevens. Oh no, I knew, I, I was just rhyming. Oh, I mean, right, yeah, that's, that's me. Stevens? Yeah. Can we use you on a consult? Okay, I'm on it, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay, I actually love her, and I apologize for saying that she had wheelies. That's just her energy, I think. She might actually also have wheelies. I, I just I don't remember, but I just, just the way that she goes, I'm um, just a little bit about my philosophy. <laughs> I, uh, I heal with love. I'm like that's such like a, that's such like a character philosophy in the first. Like it's it, it is. just is so like sketchy to me. It's so funny. And she just sort of shows up, and everyone has to just react to her. She's so good. I like her. And then they bully her, and she stands up for herself. Doesn't she? Am I making that? Yeah, up? no, she does. She 
Christina bullies her over like an amputation with necrotic flesh. And she's like, we need to amputate the leg. And Sydney's like, we're going to save it. And they do save it. And as she's leaving the room, she goes, I'll take my apology anytime. Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. These these people, the tapestry of our lives on Grey's. What a quilt. The the tangled web we weave and (laughs) and and the people we lose along the way. Gone, but somewhat forgotten. Yeah, resurrected against their and our will in order to just kind of commemorate their contributions. You know, if you're a listener and you, if we, if we have forgotten anyone who you forgot and then remembered, and it, <laughs> it is a bit tricky. You can always tweet at me at N Silverberg, and at the beginning of next episode, I will, I will kind of give a shout out to to those people who we have forgotten. Because we, these aren't all of them. There's more. There, there are some that are too deep in the ether. Some that we ourselves have probably just suppressed. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Or, or that like they're so forgettable that it made us aggressive towards them. And so they're no longer forgettable to us. I'm thinking specifically oh. now Shane Ross. <laughs> Shane, I'm like, that's a forgettable character, just like textbook. But I don't like him. And I've made it my business to not like him. And so, you know, for me... Memorable in a way. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, typically we would do Chondalogs at the end of the podcast, but we're having a a wee bit of a technical difficulty Mm. with music. So you're just going to have to come back. And potentially we were talking about maybe talking about Doc the dog and the vet. We must. We must. The dog needs its own I mean, the dog needs its own. When the dog, I will, we will discuss. But when when you come back, we will do Chondalogs. We'll do... Um, hell, maybe we'll do too. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here to talk about Grays. Where can people find you online and in person? Oh, really? In person, um, you know, after this, I'm probably gonna sort of like walk down Atlantic, Ooh. but you can find me performing at UCB on Monday nights, sort of around the city, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hamster Talk. Hamster talk is Hannah Solo. Um, thank you so much for listening to Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. Uh, if you have not yet reviewed or subscribed or all of that, ugh, I I beg you to do it. And it's true, I do. I beg. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, thanks so much. See you next week. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>